Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Cheese. And uh, my guest today is uh, Mr. Quentin Hick, all the way from Arizona. Hello, Q. <laughs> What's up, Bubba? It's oh, good to be on, man. It's good cheese. to be on. I'm happy that you created a podcast, dude. That's it's fucking cool. Well, I mean, I had the Rona, so I thought I might as well do something productive. <laughs> Since you're going to be indoors for a little bit. Well, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> okay. Well, from my understanding, this podcast is about um, the inner workings of the news, right? Like you wanted to kind of give people a little bit more insight into like what's actually going on. Is that true? That's true. That's why we call it the daily cheese. Just give everybody their slice of cheese daily. <laughs> okay. So, um, what I wanted to talk about today is, was, uh, mindfulness. Um, right now a little bit of background about myself is I am currently studying sports psychology at John F. Kennedy university. And, um, the, quarter that I'm in, I'm learning about uh, mindfulness and uh, the mindfulness approach to performance and how it can enhance your performance as a human, whether that's sports or your life goals or um, waking up in the morning and brushing your teeth, anything regarding performance. So the big thing that I've learned from mindfulness um, anecdotally as well as through my studies is that it really just creates an opportunity for you to have a more engaging human experience um and what that means is you know you can practice mindfulness through eating so mindful eating um that's you know habitually it's easy for us to kind of just get our food throw it down taste it a little bit and then just be full right because that's what we're kind of working towards is satiation um but mindful eating is really focusing on okay for example, let's say you are eating a, a cheeseburger, right? That's a pretty common one. You're at a restaurant eating a cheeseburger, and you take your first bite. Now, instead of just chewing, 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 throwing it down, you chew and you really try and taste all those ingredients and those toppings that are inside of that burger. So you got the pickle, you got your ketchup, your cheese, and then the burger itself, the bun, all those little tiny little um tiny little characteristics of each ingredient. You really try and be present with that. Um, and uh, the same, it's with like breath work. So if we're just breathing, you know, you're really just focusing on the um, the aspects of what's happening with your breath. So how your chest is rising and falling, you know, what thoughts are coming to your mind, everything that's happening is just really keying in on the present moment of what's going on in your life. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty big. That's a little pretty big example, but I hope everybody understands exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. So, uh, how do you think this the mindful the mindfulness approach? How do you think that applies to uh, most people's common day life, like as they go on in life? Like, how is it the easiest way to to practice this mindfulness daily? Okay, so to practice it, that's a great question. Um, anytime you have like a, I'm calling them in-between moments. So for example, if you know, you're waking up and then you're going to work, you're driving to work, you know, the drive over there is an in-between moment. So that's an opportunity for you to practice like grounding yourself. So for example, say you're driving and you're like, okay, I'm going to focus on the sensation of my butt in the seat. 
I'm going to fo- focus on the sensation of me holding the um, the steering wheel. You know, I'm going to really pay attention to the colors of this sign. You know, just really try and get engaged with what's currently happening right now. Because um, everything truly is fundamentally changing. So the disconnection with the like the the fact that everything's fundamentally changing kind of takes you away from the present moment. And um, an example of that is like, you know, driver's amnesia, right? You take that route every single day and you leave work and you come back home or you leave home, you go to work and you're just like, how did I get here? You ever had that? Right, right. Yeah. That's that's just like being in the habitual state of operation. You're not really conscious there. You're kind of just on automatic pilot, right? So to practice that in daily life, as your question, it's like getting yourself out of that unconscious state and practicing being present and grounded with what's going on right now, right? And some parameters that really help um, that really help me get engaged with the present moment is the fact that the past is in the past and the future still hasn't happened. So, I mean, it sounds really cliche, but it really does help a lot. It's like when you are focusing on, okay, you know, you and I are having a conversation right now, right? And I'm just essentially like an observer to what's going on in the present moment. So I'm watching you scratch your face right now. I'm watching you touch your nose, right? I'm watching you smiling. Like all this stuff that's happening is the present moment, right? But it also just happened. So now it's in the past, but you can't continue to live in the past. And you can't anticipate the future. You just have to be with what's going on right now. So, uh, do you think um, people have become more present since because of this whole quarantine thing? Do you think that's helped people become more mindful in where they stand in society? Like hmm. what I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is like, because people, everybody has their routine, like you were saying. So we was going through this routine every day for who God knows how long. And one day they say, hey, there's this thing that stops you from doing what you do every day. Do you think people became more mindful and they like opened like their eyes opened up because they they're not able to do the same thing every day. So they have to like reapproach the way they think about things now. So they get more sales to more times to themselves. So like, do you think, um, do you think this has been for the better, like helping people open up and find their true selves during this quarantine and the COVID-19 situation? I think that's a really good question. Um, I think that if people are willing to do that, then they will do that. You know, there's, there's a bunch of different options to handle this quarantine thing, right? There's, I mean, I wouldn't say options, there's choices, right? Because we all, fundamentally, we do all have choices. Um, And one of the choices could be to just kind of sit at home and watch TV all day and not do really too much, right? Another choice could be to actively decide that you want to fulfill yourself and, um, and do hiking or, like, take up a task that you've always wanted to do for so long but didn't have the time, right? But I think that all comes down with, all comes down to the the choice as well as the the knowledge to to implement that practice of you know finding yourselves or being more of your authentic self as you were talking about. Um, I do think that the quarantine is a huge opportunity for people to kind of self reflect 
and really reevaluate what they really want to do. Um, especially because, you know, as you mentioned, the, the daily routine has been uprooted. The daily routine has been changed. And now that puts people in an adaptive state to like, okay, now I need to adjust. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I've said this over and again, but I think that this is an opportunity for people to readjust into directing their lives into something that they actually may truly want. And that will give them a little bit more sense of fulfillment. So I think that it is, it is a blessing in disguise, but I think it's also up to the yeah, individual to I, decide whether or not they want to take advantage of it. Decide and just I really hate that it's buffering right now. So I'm going to fill the silence because people who are listening to podcasts don't really like to hear white noise. There we go. And we're back. Go ahead, Dub. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, so basically I was just saying like, People just been filling their lives for these past few years, and no one's like I know I have. Yeah, I just been go to work, come home, go to work, come home, walk the dog, do whatever. Right. It's like I find I find myself like that for a few months, and then I'll something will snap me out of it, and I'll be like, I need to really just take a little bit of time and self reflect more because when when you lack self-reflection i feel like you let yourself like not lead down the wrong path per se but like you really forget who you are so once you once you start self-reflecting and every day like just have a little moment in the day where you sit back and you're like okay so i did this and this today like how can i work on making myself better and i've really learned that during these past couple of weeks being in quarantine that mm-hmm. like there's something i even though I can't really go out, there's nothing I can do at home. For example, starting a podcast or starting school, something to be more productive, putting myself, putting a foot forward for the day. Like my mom used to always say, like, the best thing you can do when you wake up at the beginning of the day is make your bed because you've already accomplished one task. If that's the only co- task you accomplish during the day, you accomplished a task. So that's what that's what I really want people to get out of this podcast is like whether it's making your bed in the morning, whatever you decide to do, like always put your best foot forward and do whatever you can. Right. I and, uh, I definitely agree with that, that's, bud. That, that, that leads back to mindfulness like you were saying. That's what right. I'm saying is like you're becoming mindful of where you are in life. In the space and time and the present moment, what's going on. Exactly. And, um, you know, you brought up a really good point about wanting to put the, like the, put a foot forward, right? You said that you wanted to wake up every day and try and at least do something productive, you know? And I think a big thing, and I think that's great. And I think that people can really have a lot of benefit from that. And I think making your bed in the morning is a fucking fantastic way to start that, that habit. Cause truly it is a habit of being mindful right and like you were saying like making your bed in the morning would be a huge first step but to make the umbrella a little bit bigger in terms of direction and being productive you know being productive has to align with something that you want to do right you know you can be productive in a million different ways but if it's something that's not directly representative represent rep, wow i really having a hard time with that word if it's not representing your authentic expression of who you are, then it may not be that productive, right? So for example, um, 
waking up and you're like, you know what, I'm going to learn how to, today I'm going to be productive with building a fucking boat. And it's like, all right, well, yeah, that's productive, but you really want to be an accountant. So it's like, does that really align with your ultimate goal? All right, that's kind of going to kick you off on the right hand. It's going to take you on a different path. That's not really going to be very beneficial to your ultimate goal. So like the first important part is to create some sort of goal for yourself to be have some sort of direction of what you of how you want your life to turn out right and then that trickles down into the individual daily routine these tiny little tasks that you start to create a habit of that are going to start benefiting your direction towards that ultimate goal you know and that's where like the mindfulness can come into come into place because there are a lot of distractions that will keep us from being mindful. And the habit is huge one is like social media. Mindlessly scrolling through fucking Instagram. Constantly checking up on Facebook. Texting even. Stuff like that that doesn't really keep us in the direction towards what we ultimately are wanting to do with our lives, you know? Right. I agree with social media. Social media has been a blessing and a, a hindrance to society in my opinion. Because I feel like we've gone so many steps forward, but we've also gone so many back. In what aspects do you mean to go back? Um, so, like, with social media, it's cool that you can talk to anybody at any time. But you get, like, I feel like you lack the in-person experience. The in-person experience, I feel, is like something, something that's major. Because these people would rather message someone and then I feel like I feel like you can message someone but when you call someone they get to hear another level of like like personality yeah it's consciousness because it's use using your voice you can you can send a text you can be yelling while you're sending that text you can be pissed but you're not going to get that point unless you put that into the text But, but if I call you and I'm screaming about something then you're going to get the point you know right so i feel like it's taken away a level another level of consciousness like you said and i mean but i mean we've also went forward too because like i can message my friends across the world in a split second and they'll get the message and they'll be like, yeah and that's that's so a good point of a, like yeah go ahead it's really connected us but it's disconnected us at the same time if you get yeah. what i'm saying I do. I 100% do. And I think that it's up to the user to decide how to use the technology because the technology itself is objective, right? It's depending on how someone uses the technology, right? So like with texting or using social media and stuff, I've really been practicing being mindful with my social media use because I've gotten sick of being the mindless addict, which is essentially what it is, is like a social media addict just con- continuously being on Instagram for God, like just so much fucking time, like the screen time. I, I downloaded that app or not an app. I just opened up that option on the phone to like view the screen time of like how much time I was spending on Instagram or social media in general. And at the point I was like probably like five hours, five or six hours a day. And I was just like, just... what the fuck am I doing, man? Like what the hell? Like that's so much time that I'm wasting. I'm just doing absolutely nothing. And so that was a big kicker for me to like start valuing my time a little bit more, um, which is another act of mindfulness of just 
really being grounded in like, oh shit, I only have X amount of time today. How do I really want to spend it? Right. So going back to what we were talking about before, um, is the 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 um the mindful use of the technology. You know, it's like only check you can only check in with friends when you need to. You know, only check in with friends when you want to call them, when you need to call them, when you need to text them. Only use Instagram or social media to like either promote yourself or, you know, just to like really be curious of what's going on, you know, instead of being falling into this habit of doing it mind mindlessly where you're just like not even conscious of what's going on. You're just consistently doing it. Right. right. It's kind of like daydreaming, you know. Fill the gap, bud. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking like, I don't know, like, just social media has been it's been awesome for me but like there's also been moments where i just get burnt out and i just i don't know it's just like hard to explain because you really do get burnt out on it and i feel like that's really why i started this podcast because like i still want to connect to people but i still want to like i can't obviously go on fox news every day and express my opinion but i could sit on my couch with whoever I want to and we can talk about whatever we want to and there's nobody holding us back so I feel like that's been a blessing for social media and I can I can use social media promote this podcast and yet I haven't promoted it yet and it's still it's taking it's not taking off but uh, it's <laughs> doing good for what it is like you know so right I mean people just word of mouth like I've always been big on just promoting myself in person i don't know because obviously i'm i feel like i'm an in-person person you know like mm -hmm. i hate text messaging like i'll text message but i'd rather call you or facetime me because i can get you on another level and we can talk i feel like i can make you better understand how i'm feeling so i agree with that but like i'm in the same boat of like preferring a call over a text just because one you can get way much more accomplished um, in terms of like sharing like plans or talking about how your day was stuff like that like as well as I'm not on my phone all the time with texting as or I'm not on my phone all the time with calling as opposed to texting it's like texting throughout the day it just it gets for me it just gets annoying it gets burdensome I'm just like dude like I don't want to fucking go on my phone like I'm just trying to focus right um right. so I, I agree with you that in, in terms of just calling people preferring to call um yeah so let, yes, let's someone yeah. just like someone sends me a text and i'm gonna i'm gonna respond but like i really like honestly i don't want to sit there for three hours just texting yeah <laughs> sometimes you text well, me and it doesn't even make any sense <laughs> i'm like i'm like is this guy even listening to what i'm saying <laughs> Because you'll, like, start a topic, and then I'll text back on that topic, and then it's just, like, rabbit, squirrel, and you just go to a next topic. You got the new Motorola Razor. <laughs> yeah, it just goes a different topic, yeah. But yeah, bud. What do you have in mind? What do I have I on my... Like, I know we wanted to talk about some mental health topics, so... Yeah, you said you wanted to talk about mental health, too. Is there something you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, you're the mental health expert, so I thought I'd let you lead. 
Um, let's see. When we talked about mindfulness, and I think that's a really big thing that people can really benefit from who are listening. Um, additionally, there's, I mean, kind of talked about it a little bit too, just like goal setting. I think goal setting is really big. I didn't really understand how important goal setting was, um, but I've really found a lot of benefit towards it. Um, I'm still working on it. It's not really something that's easy to actively do. Um, you know, on paper it looks good and on paper it sounds super fucking simple, but it's just, it's just a habit change. That's really what it is. But the big thing that I encourage people who are listening for is to just kind of create a sense of direction for yourself that is going to fulfill you, you know? And I, that sounds so super fucking simple to do, but like truly it's, it's, it's a little bit more difficult because there's a lot of pressing issues that get in the way for your ability to find that sense of fulfillment. Like, for example, like a job that you're just in because you need money for rent, right? A lot of your time is being allocated towards that job. So it's like, that's where a lot of your mental energy is going. And that's where a lot of your resources are going towards is something that you're not really feeling fulfilled from, right? So this is where it gets important to like take some time out of your day to really reflect and be mindful and think, write down, journal, anything that's going to really, you know, be a representation of what you want in your life. Like truly, like if there was no one else in the room, if there was no one else in this world, how would you want your life to turn out to be, right, without the influence of others? And I think that's a really scary question because... One, it's like, I don't even know if I could do that. <laughs> right? It's like, come on now. That's no, nah, come on. That's not serious. Come on, Q. They're called dreams for a reason, right? Two, how am I going to do that? Three, that sounds overbearing. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't have the time to do that. I wouldn't have the resources to do that. I just need to continue to stay in this bubble that I have right now because this is safe and comfortable. Right? Right. But what I have learned from, because I have my own podcast, which is Talks with Q, by the way. So if you've gotten this far into the episode, um, definitely find me on Instagram and um, give me a follow and give me a, you may even be a guest. Just go ahead and uh, just sh- shoot me a text on the DMs and then I will get something happening. Anyways, Talks with Q is my podcast. Um, but what I've learned from, creating my podcast, um, which is very small, you know, it's nothing big. And that's the cool thing about it is that it's the sense of fulfillment that I've gotten from it, from creating something myself, creating my own content, having my own guests, you know, having my own logo. It's, it's fucking fulfilling, man. And maybe this is just the way that I click, like creating stuff is really fun for me. Um, but this is something that's been very fulfilling and, I'm not making a shit ton of money and I just, I feel so fucking good with it. I'm sorry about the outside noise. Um, so like, that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to get with people and like share with people. It's like, Hey, like whatever it is that you like innately want to do, spend some time with that and create that for yourself. Cause it's fucking possible, man. (laughs) And women. Yeah. I mean, the goal setting goes back to like these people that run these marathons and i mean something as big as that's a little more outlandish but like they they even have goals like 
Everybody 100%. that does something has a goal. And so, like, my biggest, the, the coolest person to be right now is, uh, I can't remember his name, but he Quinn runs Hicks. the ultra marathons. <laughs> He's pretty cool, too. The <laughs> ultra marathon guy. Is it David Goggins? I think he runs those, too, but it's another dude. He ran 100 miles in, like, a ridiculous amount of time. I don't want to quote it because I'll be wrong. But it's a ridiculous is- amount of time, and he runs mm-hmm. these 100 100- for like a daily jog, he runs. He's like, uh, some days I'll like have the goal, and I'll just be like, I'm gonna run 26 miles in two hours and 30 minutes, and I'm just sitting there like, how is that? We're having a little issue again with the connectivity, so I am taking how the designated role. <laughs> oh Jesus, yeah, I can hear you, bud. It's still. <laughs> God, it's a little scary. Go ahead. You know, runs ultra marathons. He wants to run 26 miles in about two hours. Yeah, so this guy is wanting to do this. And this, like a 26-mile run is a jog for this man. Yeah. So. Different breed, man. Like, different breed. Everybody's got their goals, though. Like, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter how much of a badass you are. Everybody has a goal. And I'm sure that guy has a goal to run the earth three times in three hours or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. He wants to be the flash. Could you imagine? <laughs> but he's going to run off the edge of the, the edge of the earth if he yeah. keeps doing that. <laughs> hey, he's going to be sponsored, though, when he's running off the edge of the earth. <laughs> All these flat earth Some people. Flash flasher. Flat earth people. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> what's your opinion on the coronavirus? Obviously, it's real, but um, mm. there's been talks in the media that, like, so there's a thing put out by the CDC that 45% of the test, the positives were potentially negatives. Shocker. So, but also, so here's the thing of when you have a coronavirus case, I was reading, so hospitals say, like, you have a regular flu case, $5,000 for a flu case. But you get a coronavirus case, that's odd, $10,000. So, someone come in with a broken leg, and you're like, oh, coronavirus, $10,000 instead of you know, yeah, they're- 3000 what I've heard is they are incent- they are in fact incentivizing the uh, doctors to be putting um, the diagnoses or the reasons for cause of death to be associated with the coronavirus because they get some financial reward from it, which I thought was pretty fucked up because you know that is obviously a conflict of interest to what's actually going on. So, um, what I think. Jesus, bud, that's <laughs> come on now. It's a professional podcast. Is that what you want? You want people to just the be anticipating the random burp? <laughs> what they're gonna start having bets of like, all right, I'm, I think it's gonna be between the minutes of thirteen and sixteen. <laughs> start putting polls on Instagram. When would Trimble burp? No. So one of my this is like a. I mean, 
I think I think the coronavirus right now. Um, I think that the big people are not we're not expecting the response that they were from us um, in terms of like maybe it's just a small percentage of people. Um, but I don't think that they were expecting people to take this as a opportunistic way. I think that they were taking it as a way to like really try to institute a divide again, which has habitually been everything that's been going on, right, from the past, is they really want to create a sense of divide, which is why you have Republican, Democrat, you know, I'm not going to talk about politics, but I'm just, that's an example of like trying to divide opinions, right? And it's, I do not think that it is coincidental that it happened on a election year either. I think that that is something that has been orchestrated. Um, one thing that I also fear with all this is that the coronavirus is a practice for a new world in terms of technology. So, um, like Black Mirror episodes and shit. You know, do you, have you ever watched this one episode where this guy is literally in a rat race? He is just waking up every day. He is riding the bike, trying to get oh, accumulated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, trying to accumulate a shit ton of points for, like, money. And then he leaves his work and then goes back into his apartment. That It's literally like a 360-degree box that's a television screen, right, that he can, like, choose whatever backdrop he wants, right? So I think it's a beautiful representation of the modern-day average American 9-to-5 work job, you know, Wake up, go to work, do your shit, get off, go back home, fuck around, get up and do it all over again, right? Now, I think that the coronavirus, because of everybody needing to be working from home and the use of technology and how they're really trying to create a new system of how work should be done. I mean, you even see TV commercials now these days like Clorox or fucking, um, what was that other one? Uh, I can't remember the name of the product. Uh, shit um but what they were doing is like essentially they were like promoting social distancing in the commercial they were promoting staying at home in the commercial they were promoting all these awareness things in terms of the coronavirus in the commercial i'm just like dude like this could be taken two ways this could be taken one they're capitalizing on a business opportunity or two they're really trying to institute this new world order in terms of how like the higher-ups want the system to work Right. So that's something I'm very cautionary of, of just like, are we really working towards are, are the people in charge, you know, the big people up there really working towards trying to institute a new way for the world to operate with this coronavirus? Because statistically, as well as, you know, as well as the impact of the virus, it's not that fucking deadly, dude. It is not no, like I mean, you have it right now. And you're breathing fine. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's just like it's it's such a select population. They like the CDC has even shared this information that a majority of the the deaths that are passing away have been senior living, senior living, elderly people, right? Which is terrible within itself. Absolutely, this is not to discredit the fact that it's elderly people. This is just to show like it's just a, such a small percentage of people passing. So. Why are we fucking shutting down businesses and putting face masks all over our face and cleaning everything 125%? It's just like, dude, like, it just seems so blown out of proportion. 
to mm-hmm. and so that's where I get nervous of like are we really trying to institute something that's going to be a new world order from from like the higher ups are they really trying have to turn us into technological fucking society have you read the book oh, 1984 by George Orwell I've read Animal Farm okay so George 1984 is basically like talking about there's a they call it Big Brother essentially that watches everything so this book's basically like I think I want to say like 1949 or something. And Based in 1949? Or written? No, it's not. It's it's written in 1949. Yeah, that, that makes sense because so, he's an older writer. Right, and then it's called 1984. But they made the movie 1984 and 1985. So, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But um, basically, it's like Big Brother's always watching... But the way they portrayed Big Brother back then was like it's kind of eerie to now because Big Brother always had like is this microphone thing everywhere, but this guy it was almost like he couldn't see the microphones, and, and everything was a microphone in his house. So like whatever he said, he had like I remember him. I remember listening to the book on audiobook, and he's like, oh, I better not say that because Big Brother's listening. I better not do this because Big Brother's listening. So it's a really like eye opener because it was back in the 40s like right when the cold war it's 49 i think if i'm hmm. not mistaken so the cold war the russians and the soviets were starting to kick off right so it's basically it's basically the russians it's like oh they're watching like we can't be doing this or this so which is that's which is, a really good yeah. book for people to read like if you want a good book that talks about like george was a great writer because he, uh, he uses these books We are having a technical difficulty again. So it's your daily minute with <laughs> with Quentin. Um, just to let you know, if you're just tuning in right now or skipped ahead and you found this part of the podcast, um, I do have a podcast. It's Talks with Q. It's uh, You can find it on Instagram as well as YouTube. Um, the basis of the podcast is human connection. So... The podcast is focused upon having conversations with people, um, the guests that I have on the show, and they are... Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Tune in to Toxic to find out more about the podcast. Could you hear me at all Um, or no? Oh, I could hear you the whole time. (laughs) That's awesome. It just gets spotty on my end. (laughs) That's funny. George Orwell is a great writer. Go ahead. Yeah, so basically George Orwell, like the basis of his like whole writing, I feel like, is to have a deeper meaning to his books. It's like obviously in Animal Farm, it's there's one, one leader, but it's the a pigs. pig. Yeah, it's a whole hierarchy. Yeah, it's all based on a hierarchical system. Like the sheep are the ones that are gonna follow them, and you know the entire farm itself is gets turned into essentially like a society. And they want to make sure that the pigs maintain all their power because they're the smartest ones. So they reap the benefits of the hard labor of the sheep or the people who are um, beneath them. Um, and they don't compensate them as much as um, even though they're the ones that are like essentially running the entire society. So it's all based on just like power and the mind control in like a very loose way, mind control. But it kind of still is in terms of like its effects of just like it's socialism, to, uh, essentially. 
Socialism? Is it really? Yeah. That's not from well, my understanding. Socialism well, is equality so. around all different demographics. Okay, so I'm probably thinking of uh, what's the other one? Um, are you thinking of? Fuck, Dictatorship? Dude. Yeah, I'm kind of in a way, yeah. Because there's socialism, and then there's another one that's like the complete opposite. It's it's like socialism, but it's but instead of like the people reaping the benefits equally, the the higher ups reap the benefits, and the lowers just yeah. suffer. Which and is exactly what's going like, on. Yeah. It's like total totalitarianism. Yeah. Or patriarchy. No, not be it. Maybe. Anyways. So anyway, we're not political experts, so if you have no, anything we're not. to say, just clearly we're not. Emails. <laughs> Shoot us an email. But yeah, send send me a uh, send me a, an e-bike. <laughs> we'll have a hey, conversation. Fax me what you. I'll fax <laughs> it back within two to three business days. All Here's right. my pager number. <laughs> Take over real quick. I'm grabbing beer. All right, bud. So if you've heard Trimble's uh, trailer. He does talk about sitting here on the couch and drinking a cold one. So that's pretty much Trimble's whole uh, um, mood and setting for the podcast. Is like He just wants to be on the couch chilling. He wants his viewers or viewers and listeners to just really get that vibe of like, hey, you know, we're just chilling on the couch in the living room, having a good time, um, drinking a cold one. But were you just limping right there? Oh, I stubbed my toe. When did you stub your toe? The oven. On the oven? Yeah, it's been there for years, and all of a sudden, I stubbed my toe. <laughs> it hasn't moved in 10 years, probably. <laughs> all right. So, uh, how's Arizona doing during all this Rona thing? So, apparently, we're the highest state. We are the state that has the most cases. Um, really? Yeah. So, we just surpassed 100,000 cases, I think, a couple of days ago. So, which is pretty nuts, because I think the population here in Phoenix is like, I think it's 9 million, I want to say. 9 million, something like that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been, it's been pretty chaotic. Um, Governor Ducey, he... In, like pretty much instructed that everybody needs to wear masks and they need to um, so we need to wear masks when we go into public places like like uh, um, if we're going to like grocery stores and stuff like that um, we need to wear masks um, when we're outdoors we need to we need to wear masks so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of policies that are going on right now um, and then as of today my the gym that I work at just had to be shut down too so i'm out of the job until the 27th so that is the second time that it's happened um so i mean kind of getting used to it by now i guess but still a little bit frustrating um and your video is frozen again but okay now we're back maybe it's my video maybe it's my wi-fi yeah mine never it never freezes Okay, so every time it freezes, I'll just keep talking. Um, any crazy conspiracies you think 
you want to talk about? I thought I shared them earlier. <laughs> well, that's one, but like... Oh, do you want to talk about one? Is that a segue for you to share something you're thinking about? Because you can totally share with me, but Well, I'll come back to that one. I got to let the thoughts build for a minute. Wait, <laughs> what we can talk about is Mahomes signing his new $500 million contract for 10 years. Yeah, that's an absurd amount of money. That's just, it's fucking ridiculous to even, like, think about that much money, dude. That's literally $50 million a year. And he's 23 years old. And $6 million a month. <laughs> just, just, Actually, I no, mean, throwing the pigs. a little less than that. Just throwing the pigskin around. I mean, I like throwing the pigskin. You pay me $50 million a year to throw the pigskin around, I'll throw it. I just I don't understand why athletes are paid that much money, dude. I really fucking don't get it. They really don't do anything other than entertain us. So like I've I've definitely had like a a perspective shift about sports since I've been going to school and studying psychology and stuff and honestly just being out of sports, truly. I'm just I just I've, I've realized that they don't contribute much. Like they fucking don't, dude. Like unless they're doing a lot of work on like underneath the shadows of their their title as like an elite sports athlete um um but as long as like as long as they can do something with that money then like i'll support that um but it's just it's a little bit i just see it as a little bit of like disingenuous for people who are doing that the only and the reason why is that because is because it looks good for like publicly it's like a publicity stunt shit you know you get you get the feeling of people who are genuinely interested in giving to other people in the community um like you have like lebron james you have jj watt you have um uh jason witten like all, all these all these guys that are like open 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 about it because i do think that they actually genuinely care but a lot of these people who have these like higher contracts, it doesn't really seem like they're doing a lot with their money for other people, you know. And that's, you know, I, I kind of sound like a little shitty like saying that. But the thing is, is like an athlete who is literally like his main focus is just to get up and play sports all day, every day, which is a challenge within itself. But I don't think that it needs to be compensated on that amount of money because that's just it's fucking ridiculous dude how much they get paid so I, th I think it's just a representation of the value system that we have in the states um but you know yeah i agree uh because i mean i, I love sports and everything but i don't think i mean I don't think his arms worth fifty million dollars a year just to watch this guy throw the pigskin around. You know, there's a lot better ways that money could be spent. I'm not saying exactly I mean, it's their money. I'm not saying they should spend it a certain way. I'm just saying, like in my opinion, it's not worth fifty million dollars. That's for one man. They did a thing on Sports Center, and they could build a whole team. And they're decent players. They could build a whole team of players with his yearly salary. Twice. 
That's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, when you can put it in comparison, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, yeah, like, granted, like, these, these guys work their ass off to get into this position. You know, some guys don't really work their ass off because it's kind of all in the system. Like, a lot of these players are former players. Like, I think Patrick Mahomes' dad was, like, a professional baseball player. Some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like, a lot of these guys are kind of just in the system already when they get born into it. So... Yeah, their dad's um, already known or something. Yeah, that, and that, that's... that Honestly, like, that's just the way it goes. But that shit really fucking is, like, frustrating to, like, see. Because it's, like... One, there's not really, it doesn't really seem like there's a lot of opportunity for new up-and-comers to come into the system, right? And it's all, almost like they're trying to monopolize sports in general. Because, like, baseball is super fucking expensive to, like, practice for. Or to, like, train at, like, an elite level, right? Basketball is super expensive to do that. Like, all these sports that are trying to really, like, monopolize into, like, being this lucrative field to get into, I think it's fucked up. Because, like... Yeah, there are people. There are pro- there are probably like a shit ton of really good athletes out there, who just don't have the financial capabilities to make that happen at the opportunities that some of these guys also have. You know, they may have the same exact talent, but the opportunities are different. You know, and like yeah, you are in charge of how your attitude and all this other stuff like that in terms of how you want to get to the next level. But the fact of the matter is, it's like. Connections are base. Connections are pretty much the biggest thing that are going to get you in the door, and that's 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 honestly what sets it apart. And connections can be with people. Connections can be with financial, financials with family. Um, but I do agree with your point of that money can be used somewhere else. Like five hundred million dollars is a lot of fucking cash. It's just it's. What are you gonna fucking do with that? You know what I mean? Like honestly, what are you gonna spend fifty million dollars with? Buy a nice lawn mower. <laughs> Buy some big old land of grass and just mow it. Mow that grass yep. for free. Probably do. I don't yeah, know. Man. I just had, if I made I mean, not, dollars yeah, a year, okay. I didn't have to. All the time. By the time we get that mowing, it's time to mow again. <laughs> yeah, fertilize and weed eat and nice and I don't know. I'd probably find a stupid hobby. Like traveling the world four times in one year. I mean, dude, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and knock the fact that they have opportunities now. Like that's awesome. That's honestly what everybody wants is like, you know, the freedom of the lifestyle, right? But I do think that that is just too much fucking cash. Like, have you heard of this website where you can spend Bill Gates' money? Interesting. Have you heard that? I've watched I watched this thing on I think it was on Instagram. Someone bought all of the fucking NFL teams, all of them, and they still had like a couple hundred million left over. Like Jeff Bezos' company just like reached a new high level. Did you see that too? Yeah, it's well. He's worth like 130 trillion, or not 130, 130 billion himself. That's fucking nuts, dude. That's it's just like he could buy the NFL. Dude, he can twice, three times maybe if he wanted to. It's just it's it's fucking ridiculous, bro. Like. I mean, it's awesome that these guys are, like, entrepreneurs and they've made it for themselves. Like, Jeff Bezos. Like, that's... See, that's that shit that I'll fucking respect. 
You know what I mean? Like you created an entire company that's really like made a huge benefit to society and like allowed people to kind of shop a little bit easier and get products that they need. Right? That's something that's kind of benefited. Bill Gates. Bill Gates dedicated a lot. I mean, he made Microsoft, obviously. So like, we, yeah, like you he, and me wouldn't be Skyping right now if it wasn't for this. Yeah, some sort of like, I'm pretty sure Microsoft man. is involved with this. Yeah, exactly. And like those are like, those are things that I like. I can see the profit yielding towards that. Is it still a shit ton of money? Absolutely. But I think that it takes a lot more grit and effort to create a fucking business to come up off of the ground to be worth $130 billion one day than it does to throw footballs your entire life and then get paid $500 million. It just, it seems, it just seems fucking ridiculous, dude. And you can't blame the cost of living. Five hundred million dollars. Oh come on, dude! You don't yeah. Have a cost of living. No, you don't. I'd still shop at Walmart. <laughs> JC Penney. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, like honestly, like I'm gonna sit here and say, like, would I want that amount of money? A hundred percent, I would want that amount of money for fucking sure. But I think the way that I would get it would, I would hope that the way that you know I would get it would be a way that would be beneficial towards other people as well in the process, you know. Cause like when you're when you're training for sports, like you're pretty much training just for yourself and yourself only, right? And it's just it seems like a little bit selfish. I don't know. I don't know. There's I guess there's a balance between it all, but I'm rambling now, so. Yeah, that's what we do on the daily cheese. No, I don't want to ramble. Uh, I want to talk. Uh, that's okay. Um, so NASCAR is a lot like the way you were speaking of having connections. Especially in NASCAR. Um, I don't know if you understand NASCAR. So, like, all the new up-and-coming drivers, their dads were NASCAR drivers. Yeah. They're starting to get all these big sponsorships now. They're taking them away from the older guys because the older guys are – they don't look as good as these younger guys. These younger guys are getting all the money put towards them. And, like, obviously in NASCAR, the more money you have, the better car you're going to have. I mean, there's a basis premise, but, like – you can have a better engine that runs faster every week. You can pay people with better engineering degrees or better talent at building a car every week. Understand that aerodynamics. So, I mean, that's the way. Yeah, I feel like that's the way it is in every sport now. But especially NASCAR and Formula One and stuff. There's a there's a major uh, there's a gap. There's a big gap between the bottom and the top. Like. You got to think like the NFL, like every team has the potential every year to be the best team. Right. Because they're, I mean, they're all athletes, but like NASCAR and these racing sports seem to stick a a few teams. So so I think that's really why NASCAR and Formula One have fallen off just because like, I mean, the past two years has been a few select drivers that always win and people just like, I just want to see like, more competitiveness now, you know. I want a difference every week. I mean, we all have our favorite driver, or whatever. But it's just like my thing is, I want to see more competitiveness, and I think money really took that out of it. Why do you? But, why do you think? Uh, is so? It's just because it gets all the money gets directed towards a couple of drivers as opposed to everybody else. Uh, yeah, for the most part. So, like, whoever has, like, the, 
whoever has the most money is going to be able to afford, like, because if you're only able to pay for the car every week, the tires and the gas, then you're not going to have the money to go out and recruit the engineers that you need to have these machines every week and be like, okay, so this is what you need to do. This is what the engine needs to be tuned out. then you lose sponsors. So the bigger the sponsor, the more you're going to race. But if you look back in the day, I mean, working Monday through Friday, Friday, they hop three, four, down to the track, you know, out there on Saturday, qualifying Sunday, they're racing, and then back Monday, they're back to work. Hmm. I mean, NASCAR's cool and all that. I, love, I still love NASCAR, but I, I think that's what they gave people hope to be a NASCAR. Fishing it still has a little bit of that, so. A ramble there, but I really like NASCAR. <laughs> I think everybody listening got that sense, bud. It's been like really, it's been really slow for me on like your connection and stuff like that. Um. Like, so with the sports psychology field, like, so most people, I'm sure they know what sports psychology is, but like, let's, let's explain to them what you really, your end goal is. Cause we was talking about goals before and let's give them your end goal for being a sports psychologist. Okay, bro. That's a good question. So, um, my end goal for being a sports psychologist, initially I was interested in getting into sports. I was like, okay, like I want to work with athletes one-on-one. -on -one. I think that'd be really awesome because I was a pre I am a previous athlete, so I'd be able to help them out a little bit more. But as I've gone through my schooling, I've kind of leaned more towards uh, life coaching and um, working with people one-on-one, -on -one, uh, essentially like helping out their their daily habits to get to the goals where they want to get to. For me, that just seems a little bit more fulfilling. So um, I wanted to get my master's degree in sports psychology, which I'm currently doing right now, and then eventually get a life certificate as well as a certificate or life certificate, a life coaching certificate, as well as getting a, uh, an AASB certification um, and uh, maybe even potentially a mindfulness certification as well. So, But my entire goal is towards getting to um, helping people out with um, attaining the ideal self, 
that they all want to be. So I'm going to be that person that's going to be able to help them go from their present self to their ideal self. Um, and that's, that's my, that's my main goal, man. hundred percent. So if anybody's listening so, uh, and they want to start right now, like, like literally like find my Instagram, QHick10 or ToxicQ, one of the two, reach out to me and uh, we'll get something started. Can't hear you, bud. <laughs> I, was, I said my dog was eating my socks. Um, oh, Jesus. So, let me let me ask you a question. So, there's different certificates for like you can be a. You said you wanted to be a life coach and you need a certificate. It keeps freezing up for me, bud. I can't hear you. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, no, you're good. It's not your fault. Uh, you there? Yeah. Okay. So I was just going to for a bit. God damn it. What do you want to... This is life to lead up to sports because... Because, I mean, sports in a life, you're like you're not gonna be squared away in your, your like uh, sports life if that makes sense. But uh, but what? You can hear me now. I'm assuming. I can hear you now. Yeah, you're talking about something about your sports life. <laughs> I was just feeling it, but uh, basically, uh, I was. I told them that like you're feeling like, basically, what you're doing is you're just you're helping these people through their personal issues so they can better excel in their sports life, and even after their sports life. If that's what your main goal is, obviously, like. You want to be a life coach as well, so that takes on a whole different uh, personality. So, tell us about being a life coach. Like, what would that entail? We got Tony Robbins and all that, but like, I want to, I want to know what you think that entails. Great question. Life coaching for me entails working with people on like their baseline state, so who they are as a person right now, right? Encouraging them to think about, hey, like. What do you want to do in your life? What is something that you would be fulfilled from, right? They share that information with me. We create goals that are going to get them towards that um, that ultimate like fulfillment. And then throughout the time, as we're like trying to accomplish those goals, we're both going to work together to create a routine that's going to eventually support them towards that, right? So the ultimate goal for me with the life coaching and what I think it's all about is truly is just changing people's habits to get something that's going to be beneficial towards them to create a life that they want. You know, that's, that's what it means to me. So you think, you think, so people like, 
Okay, so how would people come see you? That's what I'm trying to say. Are would you be like in an office or would you be uh would you be on tour all the time or like how would you how do yeah. you like put you? That's a good question. Um there's different ways to do that. So there's remote life coaching, which you could do over like internet and cell phones and stuff like that. Um there's also um in person coaching. So if I you know, reach out to people out here in Arizona, then I'd be able to talk with them one-on-one face-to-face. Um, and um, that's pretty much the, the only two ways that you'd be able to work with people. It's like either remote or in person. So in terms of getting these people, it'd be more so like focused on marketing. So trying to get my name out there, really, really presenting myself as an expert in the field that I'm instructing these people on. Right. So to get clients, it's essentially I'm going to go have to go out and find them and, you know, use mediums and platforms that are going to allow me to make that a little bit easier. So Internet's huge. And then also like um, maybe ad agencies or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. But the main the main focus is just marketing myself as someone who's an expert in the field. And the reason why you should choose me is because I offer different services than the other than the competition and I'm the reason and I'm a, I'm a big standout compared to the competition. So. Yeah. It's not easy. So that's, that's the difficult part. It's like, yeah, I'll have my own business and everything and I'll be able to be on my own time, but it's more so difficult because starting out would be a little bit hard because it may not make a lot of money up front. The uh, the podcast froze on a very funny face for you. <laughs> I know and that. Did you do it on purpose? I have to share it to you. It's funny. All right, Budro. This internet connection's kind of getting in the way of our our conversation. <laughs> so. Gosh, I can't, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> okay, so the point of today's podcast was basically just to uh, help you guys with uh, mindfulness and your mental right. health. And uh, obviously, like, like we're going to have many more podcasts with you and me. So if you guys want to just find us on uh, Instagram, I'm working on getting the Daily Cheese Instagram up and going. So if you just look up the Daily Cheese of Jacob, I'm sure by the time this podcast come out, it'll be uh, you'll just see a picture of a cheese and just click on that, and that'll be me on Instagram. So uh, and also we got talks with you. Follow him on Instagram. You can find him on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, just hit us up, and I mean I'm sure Q feels more than happy to answer your questions, and I'll feel more than Absolutely. happy to answer your questions or whatever. Whatever questions you have about our podcast, if you have any NASCAR questions, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have a whole podcast on NASCAR. And uh, yeah, it's just it's been a pleasure having my friend Q on with me today. Uh, we've been talking Thank about you, this for a while. Yeah. And uh, thanks for listening to. <laughs>